0: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to our first podcast really of the season. The Wisconsin Badgers have started. Uh, you know, they, they got their first game this week. We've got the week one depth chart out here. We've got the two deep that was released today here to media. Uh, I was there in attendance for the Luke Fickle press conference for Tanner Mordecai for Braylon Allen for Mumina Jong Meta, as well as Hunter Wohler. All four of those guys, as well as a select other, spoke to the media today. Going to he- be here to break it all down to you. But before we do, make sure you guys hit the like button, subscribe as we start to build up this new channel. Remember, for those of you guys who are new to the channel, we did build up a new Badgers centric channel Badgers Talk with Rohan Chakravarti. I'm your host, Rohan Shakravarty, and we're going to be trying to build this channel up. But for those of you guys here, we appreciate it. And let's get right into it. Let's start off with the 2D that was released today. One thing I like about this Badger staff, just overall, they've they they they've been open about everything. They, they're open about the way that they like their players, even if players are coming kind of back into their roles, you know, from injury or something. They're open about it. They've been allowing uh, full access, you know, throughout the fall camp and all of that, as well as on their depth chart. Uh, Immediately, we'll start off with, we'll go position by position. We'll start it off. Tanner Mordecai is the clear-cut starter at quarterback for the Badgers. Braden Locke, the obvious choice at number two. For me, here's how I look at the quarterback situation. Mordecai is the clear starter. I wonder exactly how his style will fit in the Big Ten. I think he's a good quarterback based on the film that I saw at SMU. But what is Mordecai? He's an aggressive quarterback, a guy who's not willing, I mean, he's not afraid to take shots downfield, and that might come back to bite him, uh, you know, in the behind sometimes because Mordecai and that aggression has led to some turnover-worthy plays and some interceptions, and we saw that in the spring game. Now, I don't think the spring game is an accurate representation at all of what Tanner Mordecai is going to bring to the field uh, this year, and he's confident. We'll get to him in a minute when we talk about the pressers, but That's what you're getting out of Tanner Mordecai and really what you really hope for is how well does he process if his processing is good it's going to be a good fit in this Phil Longo offense and he's been trained to do so working under Lincoln Riley for two years at Oklahoma and then obviously his two years in a strong offense at SMU as the starting quarterback so he's he's operated in that pretense but Longo's offense it's got a bunch of air raid principles but also that Ohio State type of offense in that it's a RPO based uh, based system where you really you've got to be able to hit from read one to read two and make the correct read and a half field breed system. So that's what I'm expecting out of Tanner Mordecai. We'll see how he goes, but the unquestioned starter. As for Braden Locke, for me, the reason that he's the number two, it's not because of traits. It's not because of pure talent, because he's not the most talented quarterback on the roster, but he's a good, well-talented quarterback that has a great understanding of the offense. And really when you have a great understanding of the offense, that doesn't mean you know the playbook well. It means you're able to execute and process at a higher pace than your peers. And I think that that's the reason that Braden Locke here is the number two quarterback. When you look at it, Locke does what Longo wants in his offense. He wants a guy who can get from read one to read two. He wants a guy who can run his offense with quick reads and efficiency. That's what you really need because that's what makes a quarterback successful in this level of offense at the collegiate level. Locke, if he's going to be a starter, that is a question we have yet to see. I don't necessarily know if he's got the traits and the overall build to become a starter at this level, especially in the Big Ten. But he is a very capable backup that should have time to develop and potentially prove down the line in a year or two that he could be the starter of the future. But for now, he backs up Tanner Mordecai. Running back, that is a, that is a position that is wide open. You know, that's a, that's a very uh, easy kind of read on it. You've got your one, two, you've got Braylon Allen, you've got Ches Malusi, the clear one, two on the two deep. The question really there is running back three. It's uh, you know, who, who really fits well? Is it going to be Jackson acre? Is it going to be Cade Yacamele? And I think it's really going to be situational for the, for the times that they're on the field. Uh, you know, some more goal lines, some more short distance stuff for acre who still has some solid speed, but is a powerful 6'1, 235 pound back third down work likely for Yacamele solid receiver, maybe the most natural receiver of any back on the team. But the biggest point that we want to get to is the receivers. We got to start off with Bryson green, CJ Williams, Chimeri DK, Keontes, Lewis, Will Pauling, Skyler Bell. Vinny Anthony, all of the seven players named to the two deep. That's how we start with the Wisconsin Badgers here. Um, But really, like how they're cutting it straight to the chase, Bryson Green is your wide receiver one. He starts alongside Shemeri DK and Will Pauling, and that's very justifiable. Bryson Green is one of the most accomplished receivers, really the second most behind DK on this roster, and one of the most talented receivers overall with his 6'1", 215 build, a very good contested catch uh, contested ball catcher did that at Oklahoma State and he was able to really uh, get a good amount of volume had 584 receiving yards last year second on the team here to Tremari DK and he slots in here as a starter the one guy on the bench, you though, know, you want to keep your eye out on C.J. Williams. I think that it's not like he's going to be a backup. He's going to be more of a rotational piece in with D.K. and Bryson Green. I think the Badgers, they've said how they want six guys that they could really trust in that receiver room. I don't know if they rotate all six, but I think they're going to definitely rotate C.J. Williams in the mix uh, on the outside in, uh, next to Bryson Green, next to Tremere D.K., one of the two, with Pauling obviously in the slot. I personally, I prefer Chimere DK as a slot receiver. You obviously can't have that because Will Pauling might be the most talented guy on the team with the way that he approaches the game. The one knack to him is his size. He's a little smaller, and that obviously limits him to the slot, but he's your best slot receiver, the clear-cut starter, and that's going to be a good sign for the Badgers. Tight end, though, is where we get our first real, you know, it's our first real, not surprise, but main takeaway. Tucker Ashcraft, a true freshman, a 6'5", 245-pound freshman, has made the two deep. He is the backup tight end here, and you know how the Badgers work. Even in a long-go offense, you're going to want to use multiple tight ends. Hayden Rucci, a guy known for his blocking, he's going to be your starting tight end, but you're going to see Tucker Ashcraft play a lot. This is a guy who the who the staff seems high on. They were ones who personally recruited Ashcraft in the 2023 class. That is a mix of old Badger players that the uh, that the new staff was able to you know, or old Badger commits. The new staff was able to corral in, as well as some of their personal preferences. Ashcraft was one of those personal preferences, and that's clear because he's played well and now has fought his way onto the two deep as a true freshman. And I think he's going to get some good volume this year. I think he's going to get, you know, um, some good playtime this year. That's a name you've definitely got to watch, especially because you understand when you look at a thin tight end room with some of those guys, you know, moving forward, Hayden Rucci is a senior. You're going to have a guy like Tucker Ashcraft, you know, climb into that top role sooner than later. Good to see him and his progression here, especially when you think about how thin that room is currently with Riley Nowakowski uh, battling an injury. And then obviously Clay Cundiff, Jack Eschenbach, not with the team after, you know, their, their personal decisions to leave. So you've got Tucker Ashcraft in there. And offensive line, the main takeaway, Joe Huber is going to be your starting left guard. Uh, Huber played left tackle for the uh, for the Cincinnati Bearcats last year, but a versatile chess piece really that can play all five positions. The Badgers tried him out at both guard positions this offseason, also tried him out at center, have enough tackle depth so they didn't put him there because obviously you have Trey Wadeig, you have Nolan Rucci. Those are the guys you want to see some get some tackle snaps there. But Joe Huber, now slots in at left guard with the injury to Jake Renfro. That means Tanner Bordolini goes from his desired spot of guard to center. Joe Huber slots in at left guard. I, I like Joe Huber. I liked what I saw back in the spring when I saw him play. I thought he was the most capable guy to play at guard sh- out of the backups. I thought he was the most capable to slide in into a starting role. And I think he could compete for a starting role. The main question of offensive line is – when Jake Renfro goes out, what are the badger or when come, when he comes back in, what do the badgers do? Because Luke Fickle did hint at potentially, you know, allowing Renfro to heal through the year, sit him out for the whole season, and then get him back to speed in 2024 for his final year, where he can get back into the mold of things and reclaim his spot as the starting center. But if they want to return Renfro back to the fold, he likely occupies that center role. Bordolini moved back to left guard. And then you've got Huber potentially competing with Michael Fertney at right guard, but likely more so in a versatile role off the bench. That's a question, though, the Badgers have to answer themselves. Do they want to disrupt the continuity midseason to try and get their best center back on the field? Let's move on, though, to the defense. The defense uh, is its an interesting group, you know. Uh, starting off at defensive end, you'll see one of the bigger takeaways. The Badgers have named James Thompson and Rodas Johnson the starters at defensive end. Darian Varner, a guy who came with solid hype, a guy who was an all AAC first team guy, and a guy who had seven and a half, uh, or seven and a half 12, uh, sacks and 12 and a half tackles for loss in 2022. He's a guy who is now recovering from surgery. He's coming back. He was, you know, he was there in fall camp and now he's, you know, he's the backup to both James Thompson and Rodosh Johnson. Varner is a guy who you hope to see kind of climb the depth chart. I kind of personally think this is more of a logistical move. You might see Varner in more on passing downs compared to rush, uh, rushing downs. And then the bigger James Thompson and the bigger Rodash Johnson, who really could be defensive tackles in a four, three system kind of slide in on rush downs to help, uh, you know, mitigate, uh, the space. On the front five, but Varner—he's a guy who you've definitely got to keep your eye on as a pass rusher, especially with the group with the Badgers, where you lost a significant portion of your pass rushing prowess with Nick Herbigon, gone, who had 15 and a half sacks last year, as well as Keanu Benton, who only had four and a half sacks. But he was a guy who you know who was disrupting over the over the interior, and the Badgers don't really have that. At nose tackle, you'll see one of the bigger names that is missing, Isaiah Mullins. Isaiah Mullins had a right leg injury uh, about two weeks ago, I believe. Luke Fickle said he had a scope on it last week. The timetable for him is currently unknown. It's likely one more week before the Badgers can establish a timetable on Isaiah Mullins and his recovery. It's probably going to take a few weeks before he jumps into it. Kurt Neal already dealing with an injury. That leaves Gio Paez and Ben Barton as the two nose tackles or at least the two um, on the two deep for nose tackle, a bit of a weaker position. Luke Fickle did indicate that they might try going deep, uh, nose tackle by committee this year because of not necessarily overarching options compared to the Keanu Bentons of last year. And so you might not see you know one guy taking a majority of the snaps, but one of the weaker positions I'd say on the uh, on the roster in terms of depth and in terms of top end talent. That's something where we'll see what what really the badgers try and do, how they try and figure out different things. Do so they try and maybe slide Johnson or Thompson into one of those roles and undersize nose tackle, but then get more talent on the field? Or what do they try and do? We'll see. With the backups as well, you do see TJ Ballers uh not make it when we move over to outside linebacker. Daryl Peterson, CJ Gets. Those are your two starters. That's um, that's uh, you know, uh kind of expected. Although the guy who I say is the name to watch in this group is Jeff Petrowski. He's a guy who I really liked in the spring. The issue with him and the issue with Daryl Peterson, they're smaller. They're just smaller outside linebackers and Herbig was too, but you do w- worry about how well they're going to be able to handle strength big 10 strength that is with offensive linemen. And that might be the one really issue with them and their pass rushing skills is can they, can, they've, they've got speed. Petrowski definitely has speed and he's got pass rushing moves, but can you have speed to power combination? Or if you only have speed, how does, you know, how, how much does your power limit you? That's going to be a big question, but I would expect, you know, Jeff Petrowski to get in there on pass rushing downs as well as a pass rushing specialist as an outside linebacker. That's something I wouldn't be surprised about. Although CJ gets a sixth year senior did seem to have some buzz as a pass rusher, some improved buzz in, in, in fall camp from some reports. Looking at the other part, Caden Johnson makes the two-deep here over T.J. Ballers, a guy who has seen a little bit of you know praise from certain guys, and I don't think T.J. Ballers is out of the rotation for sure. I think this is more of a uh, a committee as well at outside linebacker, not necessarily the strongest group after the loss of Nick Herbig, but still a very capable group and a, guy, a, a lot of guys who have some intrigue like T.J. Ballers going into the season. I think that he's probably the fifth guy right now in the roster at least, it appears, and I think he'll still rotate in. At outside linebacker, you move on to the inside. You've got Muma and meta That's a clear-cut starter for you, a guy who had, uh, you know, who was mentioned in that third team, all Big Ten third team last year. Those kind of talks. But then you also have this second spot where Jordan Turner was there, and now you've also got an or with Jake Cheney. All offseason, uh, you know, uh, coordinator Mike Trussell, he's been saying. Jake Cheney's a guy to watch. He's a guy who I believe is a number one linebacker in this uh, in, in in the NTA and college football. That means you know he's trusted him enough to be a starting caliber uh, guy over there at linebacker. And now you know it seems the Badgers could implement three linebacker sets or even put situational ball for Turner and Cheney because Turner still played well, had some legal issues. That was really the main thing, the off the field concerns. But seems that that's all set. Um, and then Jake Cheney, he's going to be there too. I think that those three are going to play a solid amount. Tatum Grass is there as well, but he's more of a special teamer is what I, where I think his main you know, his main uh, help will be from. But you've got a three-headed monster here, Young Meta, Turner, and Cheney. We'll see how well they play this season. Let's move on, though, to the secondary. You've got Rico Holman, Alexander Smith. Those are your two starters. I don't think, though, that this is going to be a clear-cut starting group I also don't think it's, you know, it's a better group than last year, but I do expect number 21, Naisir Forkron, to jump in the rotation and potentially be that press man boundary corner. You know, you've got the off-boundary guy, you've got the press man guy, I think Forkron could be that press man guy, you know, he's a 6'1", 190-pound cornerback I think you know he's got the best size on the team at least you've got a 5'10 guy and a 5'11 guy I think the Badgers will value Four on size and he's still got one more year after this um, being a junior so I think they'll value his size I think he gets to play and so even though it's uh, he's in the backups on the two deep I still anticipate a a solid role for 4 on this year some news, though, at cornerback, you'll see Jonas Duclona crack the two D here as a true freshman, one of four true freshmen and one of two uh, true freshmen as skill position players. Jonas Duclona, a solid, solid camp so far. Uh, you know He was a good player uh, in the spring. You'll definitely see those ups and downs, but good to see him learn. He's a smaller corner. He won't be your pressman guy. He's too small for it at 5'10", 185. But he could be your off-boundary corner or more, more so where I like him. He could be your nickel guy. You know, where you you implement some press man, you implement a couple of different tactics. But Duclona, he cracks the two deep. He is your, you know, your backup cornerback on the outside with an easier fork run. Good to see. One name, though, you don't see here, a guy who um, was a transfer and a guy who has good starting experience is Michael Mack from the Air Force, a two-year starter over there at Air Force. You know, the Badgers, they wanted more cornerback depth. They also wanted to bridge the gap between you know, your seniors and your juniors, and then your true freshmen. That's what the addition of Michael Mack was going to uh, provide, but his tra- or his request in terms of getting the waiver to play immediately this year still hasn't been granted. Luke Fickle has said that they're still unsure about what Mack's status will be for this year, and that is likely why he's not listed on the two deep, although he would probably be the next cornerback out to um, Kelowna with the second team and the Mac then with the third team alongside Jace Arnold. So that's uh, an interesting situation to monitor. Not sure exactly how that'll go, but yeah, Michael Mack, unfortunately right now that situation is still not resolved. Let's move on though to safety. We've got a couple of options here. Hunter Wolder is your clear cut starter. Kamoi Latu, obviously at free safety, the hard hitter, even though he's only six foot, 196 pounds. Woller, Latu, those guys started both last year and, you know, they got the second half of the season once Woller returned together, but then you've also got Travion Blaylock, a guy who, a great player, a great, you know, great character guy, um, a solid, solid player who hasn't played much after, you know, the leg injuries that he's had, Torrey's ZCL, and now he's back, but... He's your he's your blazer. He's the guy with good speed over there in the back end, solid coverage ability. Would not be surprised if the Badgers throw out three safety sets, allow Blade Lock and Kamoy Latu, you know, to 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 man the back end and then Hunter Woller more in a versatile role in the box or maybe in that dollar position, you know, something like that where they implement all three safeties, similar to the three linebacker looks, you know, have some variety in there, implement three safety looks and get those three talented players out on the field. But for the backup safeties, um, Austin Brown, a guy who's made some waves, he's there. Preston Zachman is also there. Um, but the guy who is interesting right now, um, Owen Arnett. The Badgers are placing him as their backup nickelback. Again, corner, a room where they don't really have that much depth. But Owen Arnett, a guy who's been a safety, they're placing him as their backup nickelback. He's a walk-on, a retro sophomore who you know, has seen some buzz this offseason and a guy who definitely deserves some recognition. He's here as your backup nickel back end would be intriguing because the Badgers, you know, they play that three safety look, but they could play one as a nickel and Owen Arnett could fit that mold. At special teams to cap it off, Atticus Bertram's a a transfer. His situation, obviously interesting. He was signed to USC in 22, didn't play for them though. So this is his true freshman season. He's a transfer. He takes over at punter. Nathaniel Vakos, the guy who the Badgers got on scholarship from Ohio, Um, a guy who kicked about 81% of his field goals last year, a huge leg. He is your field goal kicker. Jack Van Dyke handles the kickoffs. And then Peter Bowden, obviously there as well as your long sniper, nothing too, too crazy here um, on special teams. The expected guys, you know, the guys who the Badgers brought in um, personal guys for the new coaching staff. Those are the guys who are going to make most of the waves on special teams this year. So, that is the two deep. The Badgers, you know, a couple of. It's not that there were a lot of surprises necessarily, but you know, they they were up front. Whoever they they thought were the most talented guys, regardless of age, regardless of you know, um, uh, you know, regardless of what position they play and things like that. The Badgers they named those guys on the two deep. A good sign for sure. And that is the breakdown of the two deep. Let's get though now to the pressers because Luke Fickle talked. You heard Tanner Mordecai talk. You heard uh, some of the other guys talk, and I know the Fickle one is out there. So if you guys want to watch it, it's out there on the Badgers YouTube channel. I did also record it. I posted it to this channel, as well as all of the other pressers that I recorded, which was the Hunter Woller one, the Moomin and Jong Meta one, as well as the Tanner Mordecai one. So make sure you guys go ahead, check out the pressers. The links are all there on my YouTube channel. Make sure you guys go check that out. But let's start off with Tanner Mordecai. Mordecai is an interesting guy. I thought, you know, he 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 was very confident today. That's something that I noticed. Like he was not willing to put any excuses out there. He talked about the championship aspirations. He talked about the reasoning behind why he chose Wisconsin and the offense that he provides. But he believes that there are no questions for this team coming week one. He's willing to, you know, ride through the bumps and he he truly expects some big things for this Badgers team who has accepted him and taken him in and out as a leader in 2023. Luke Fickle, he spoke as well today, talked on a lot of things, the Mac option and different things like that. But really, you can sense the excitement, not only from the fans, right, but from the players more so in that they're ready to now come into this week one, you know, come into week one, get that, get the nerves really behind him and start this new era, the, the Luke Fickle era. You want to start that up. You want to see exactly how some of these guys, you know, can respond to the bright lights because there's a lot more hype now around the team than there was last year. We'll see how that goes. And, you know, the Badgers, they play Buffalo currently around a 28.5 point favorite. So it's not like they're uh, you know, expected to be in such a close game. But still, the aura is going to be uh, something to watch and something to monitor for sure after, you know, the hype clearly went from rock bottom to now pretty darn high after a disappointing 7-6 and six season last year that led to a exodus of players and coaches leaving. So good signs there. I mean, other things, Moomin Jung meta he spoke as well today. Um, I asked him about, really the the jake cheney fit as well as jordan turner and what the what the team kind of did with his legal situation overall though jake cheney he uh i mean he he gave jake cheney praise those two have been roommates for a while now and those two have been pretty close you know um throughout uh, throughout both of their careers. Cheney, a guy who seems like he'll definitely play a good amount this year, a fan, uh, a favorite of the staff as well. Um, Nojong Mata though was, you know, he, he was saying how while Turner was out, there wasn't really much change elsewhere. And it's a good sign for the Badgers for sure, because now you, you know, you're, you're not really seeing too little, or it's not like there's an, a, an issue with continuity for the Badgers overall, but You know, there was a lot that went on today. A lot of pressers, a lot of the stuff on the 2D. Wanted to give you guys my breakdown ahead of week one. It's going to be a fun game. The Badgers, they're hosting Buffalo on FS1 at 2.30. Make sure you guys check that out on Saturday. As well as stay tuned on the channel. We're going to have a lot of content out sooner than later. I appreciate you guys for sticking through. We are switching now to this channel primarily. This is a badger centric channel where we're only going to have Badgers content. A lot of the press conferences, my personal thoughts, everything is going to be on here. So make sure you guys stay tuned, subscribe, and appreciate you guys. And we'll see you guys next time.